0: entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there.
1: Another road where maybe I could see another kind of mind there.
0: And I suddenly see you. Ooh, did I tell you I You know, it's funny. Every we just had a promo music radio 77 WABC remembers uh, Tony Bennett. Right? Who didn't love Tony Bennett? The great Tony Bennett. Well, unfortunately, on this show, this is how we remember Tony Bennett. What do you do with these terrorists who blew up the World well, Trade Center? Well, if
1: they Center? didn't have weapons, like he said, they, mm. they don't make them themselves. But who That's are the true. terrorists?
0: Are we the terrorists or are they the terrorists? Well. Two wrongs don't make a right. They're the ones who started with that plane flying into the World Trade Center. What do you do? I don't know about that. You don't think so? Well, it's another story. Yeah, I'm what do you mean? I do, do want you to stay you don't, Are conflict. you one of those conspiracy guys who thinks they didn't fly the plane in, that maybe the government no, they, started? they flew the plane in. But? But we caused it. Why? Because, of... because they were, we were bombing them, and they told us to stop. Hmm. They said, what are you doing? And they came on stronger, and they said, come on, we're going to have to retaliate. <laughs> no, no, no. They said, go give them four times as much. Yeah, so sometimes when it's they, not clear. So sometimes yeah. it's not clear. Yeah. Yeah, who's a bigger dick than me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the biggest dick ever. I know I am. I don't care. That's how I remember Tony Bennett. Even Liz Pipko, she's like, oh, that's so nice, Tony Bennett. I go, wait till you hear this. <laughs> now, how do you feel?
1: He's always been so, he was always very nice to me. Uh-huh. Now, how do um, you feel? uh uh-huh. I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I, know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't love that. Yeah.
0: He no. said 9-11 was our fault. Mm. Anyway. Great. Now you can do <laughs> yes. like, I don't want to, I don't want to speak That's ill fine. of the That's dead. That's fine. That's fine. Great. There you okay, go. You, I left my terrorist in San Francisco. Yeah. When you, can't, can't When you go, what they're going to play. Oh, I mean, for, they're gonna, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. They're going to dig up things. Well, here's what we're going to do before I get to Monica. Well, we're, we're going to erase everything? Yes. No, no, no. We're going to do a show one day as if I was dead. Okay. And you and uh, Justin and Omar are going to host it. Okay, that's good. And you're going to bring idea. up all the things. Like uh, I just did with Tony. Okay. Maybe Serena. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff out that there. Sounds like a lot of work. And there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <Justin> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Shut up, Justin. He's more work when he's dead than he's alive. Yeah. He only said one thing, Tony Bennett. It was just one bad thing. Right. Uh, here, here is uh, Monica Crowley, who is a genius. She's got a great podcast, the Monica Crowley podcast, worked for Donald Trump. And it's just one of the the brightest and uh, nicest women you'll ever meet. Did I just ruin your whole Tony Bennett thing, too, Monica? Hope I didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no comment on on that. Do not speak ill of the dead. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all on that. So I'm just going to leave that there.
0: Okay. Uh, So you've never, no one ever died that you weren't happy about. Do you not speak ill about Osama bin Laden? I'm just curious. (laughs)
1: Well, it's all relative, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, did you know, though, that Tony Bennett made those remarks on Howard Stern's show? Did you know that?
1: No, I did not know that. And isn't that a commentary on the uh, mainstream media, that they did not pick up those comments and amplify them? I mean, we all should know about those comments, right, because the press did have grabbed a hold of them and reported them far and wide, and yet nobody was aware that he made those comments because the press was in the business of protecting him because he was a lifelong Democrat, a lifelong liberal, and he was certainly entitled to vote. The way he wanted and and say what he wanted, but those kinds of remarks should have been amplified more. But it, nobody in the press wanted to destroy his career, so they protected him.
0: Well said, and he was he grew he died the Upper West Side with the worst liberals this country has. Now he was a hero. Some some jerky guy actually emailed Chad and was like, you know, Sid should know better. He served this country proudly. That's okay. You know, it's not like every veteran is a hero. and I mean, I respect what they did. I'll always be thankful for that. But, yes, there are some veterans who still say stupid things. And right there, that was really gross out of Tony Bennett. Anyway, let's get to uh, the latest indictment, Donald Trump, Monica. Uh, we know, of course, how you felt about the prior two. Do you feel any different this time around?
1: Uh, Yeah, I do feel differently this time around. I'm even more angry. (laughs) I'm even even more pissed off, I think, along with more and more Americans who, with every uh, new indictment, they just look at this entire spectacle, Sid, and they just – they're rolling their eyes. They are increasingly angry about what is increasingly evident. To be a weaponized Department of Justice, FBI, and other government agencies, not just targeting Donald Trump. I mean, obviously, he's in their crosshairs. They will not stop until the man is in prison and unable to run for president ever again. That's their ultimate objective. But the, the greater goal for them is to come after you and me and pretty much everybody in this audience because we are all America first. And so they've got to go after the main obstacle to achieving their radical agenda, which is Donald Trump, because he is the symbol of America first. But in actuality, they're coming after all of us. We are the biggest obstacle. We're the ones fighting this tooth and nail. So they have to destroy the America first movement. And, of course, like I said, Donald Trump is the most obvious symbol of that. But in the end, they are looking to disperse us smear us, attack us, in many cases, jail us, silence us, simply because we have an opinion that America should be restored to its foundational principles and therefore to greatness. They cannot abide that. So this is far more dangerous than any single indictment of Donald Trump.
0: He often says that uh, they're not out to get me, they're out to get you. I just happen to be the guy in the way, which I think is great. And you're right, they're out to get all of us, all of us who believe in the principles this country was built on that no longer matter for some reason, which doesn't make any sense to me. I did like the fact that even through all of this, Monica, being you're a, a financial genius and worked in that in that field for Donald Trump during his presidency with Mnuchin and those guys uh, that he took time to actually criticize Bidenomics, which for some reason, Joe Biden thinks he can fool America. Yes, inflation is down, but he's strangling us with interest rates, which is really causing a major issue in this country. There are other indicators that are not on Joe Biden's side. So Donald Trump, even through all of this, quick to point out a couple of days ago, Bidenomics, a complete nightmare.
1: Yeah, and, you know, President Trump, uh, obviously, he needs to push back on all of these BS indictments, and he's doing that. He's putting out a lot of statements. He's got great legal uh, uh, minds working on this and legal voices out there defending him and pushing back and, and getting ready for these multiple trials, which are all just absurd and nonsense, also extremely dangerous. But Trump is always at his best when he's talking about policy. And so to your point about talking about the economy and the failures, the absolute uh, weakness of the Biden economy based on Biden economics or whatever the heck they're calling it, he is right to do that. He's right to focus on the abject failure, deliberate failure, the deliberate torpedoing of the American economic miracle under Donald Trump, the the deliberate sending of hundreds of billions of dollars to the war in Ukraine, all of this stuff Donald Trump needs to be hitting, the border, the collapse of law and order, the collapse of America's great cities, all of this, which Donald Trump had turned around in four short years. Uh, Joe Biden has collapsed all of it in just a couple of years. So when Trump stays focused on that, on his extraordinary record of delivering a booming economy, uh, law and order, a secure border, and getting America out of these interventionist foreign wars around the world that were going nowhere, when he focuses on those three or four things, he is at his strongest. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be defending himself against Uh, That's nonsense, the legal assault, the lawfare coming at him. But most of the American people want to know, listen, they want to be reminded he delivered an extraordinary four years, his first term as president. What is he going to do in his second term? Exactly that and more. When he focuses on that, He gets people to lean in more closely and listen to what he has to say above all of the noise of his style and his true social posts and the indictments and everything else.
0: You know, you mentioned the world wars and uh, fat Chris Christie. I, I can't stand this guy. And he's everywhere. He's right now, as you and I are speaking, he's on with Joe and Mika talking about his meeting with Zelensky, talking about that world war russia and uh, ukraine he was on with jane Pauley on sunday he was on a, a fox channel actually just yesterday and it does beg the question monica crowley why does a guy who right now has 1.8 percent of the vote he's about 50 points 50 behind donald trump why does this guy get so much national attention
1: why because because chris christie is the kind of republican that the left loves so they will they will take these kinds of Republicans who are more than happy to uh, shoot inside the tent, whether it's Chris Christie or Mitt Romney or or any of them, and go after the standard bearer of America First, and that is Donald Trump. The left is more than happy to champion them. Now, the second Chris Christie turns around, embraces Trump. Uh, re-embraces a conservative political agenda, they will drop him so fast your head will spin, and they will return to demonizing him. But for now, he's a useful idiot. And so, like all <laughs> useful idiots, he bathes in their adoration, okay, he loves being on with Joe and Mika, um, but he's no longer useful, they will discard him. Like yesterday's newspaper, and and he knows that Chris Christie is not stupid. He knows that he is being he's being used, but he wants to be used. Chris Christie's entire mission in this race is just to hit Donald right. Trump over and over again, yeah. and that's why Trump is wise to say, "Look, why should I do any of these Republican debates? I'm 50 points ahead of my nearest competitor, Governor DeSantis. Why should I be a punching bag for all of these people who are polling a three percent?" or less two
0: of my prior guests i brought this guy up i just said bill o'reilly about 30 minutes ago but i really want to hear your take on this monica and that's mike pence he uh, is in that indictment he said listen i did the right things that day donald trump did not donald trump asked me to do something unconstitutional i wouldn't do it donald trump continues to berate me and at this point i'm even considering testifying maybe he said no since then i don't know but What is your take on Mike Pence, who I actually called a backstabber a couple of days ago? I mean, Donald Trump plucked this guy out of obscurity, some Indiana politician, made him vice president, and not as bad as Chris Christie, but he spends his days now, Mike Pence, going after Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, you know, I am incredibly disappointed in the former vice president, but I can't say I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, it's just one person after another, Sid, who have turned their backs on Donald Trump, stabbing him in the back. Look, if Mike Pence is subpoenaed and forced to testify, that's one thing. But to stand up and volunteer to throw your former boss under the bus like this is really outrageous. I I find, you know, and it's not just Pence, but all of these people who were given a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, in Pence's case, to serve as Vice President of the United States. They were giving once-in-a-lifetime jobs and opportunities to really make history and turn the country around. And by the way, it made all of their careers, uh, you know, who were serving high levels of government. To then turn around and do that to the person who gave you that opportunity and that gift, I find it all despicable. I find all of this betrayal disgusting, and I will never do it.
0: Finally, Ron DeSantis, he's been trying to get tougher lately. I mean, Trump beat him so badly for so many months. He beat him in the submission that the day DeSantis entered the race, Monica, as you know, it was already over. I mean, it was, the, the rig and mortis had already set in. So now all of a sudden he's decided 50 points down months and months later. Let me get tough. So, for example, yesterday he actually blamed the funded mail-in ballots on Trump. He said he signed the bill. He turned the government over to Fauci. He says, of course, Trump lost the 2020 election. It was not taken from him. What are your thoughts on Ron DeSantis in August deciding to get tough?
1: Yeah, you know, none of this is going to work. Um, I have said this so many times on my podcast and elsewhere and here with you, that Donald Trump developed something organically the moment he announced in June of 2015. With so many other politicians tried desperately to try to manufacture and they can never do it. But Trump developed it organically. and that is. An emotional bond with the American people. Not political, not intellectual, emotional. And now there's so much water under the bridge here with Donald Trump, and he keeps getting hit for the simple reason that he wants to make America great again and he wants to put Americans first. So for that crime, he's been persecuted for eight straight years. People cannot wait to vote for him again. I can't wait. To vote for him again. I told him this recently that I can't wait yeah, yeah. to vote for you again. Yeah. And and so nothing the other Republican candidates can do um, is going to overcome that. And we also know from the last couple of go rounds here that whether it was Marco Rubio in 2016 or now Chris Christie in 2023, 2024, when you vote nasty on Donald Trump, it just comes off as petty and small. And so that the reality is there is no other lane for these GOP candidates. You know, DeSantis was trying to do hands off and focus on his Florida record all to the good, but that wasn't working because nothing is going to work against Donald Trump. So now he's like trying to take the gloves off and try to hit him the way Chris Christie is or maybe a little less personally than Christie is. But that's not going to work either. Everything falls flat because Donald Trump stands like a colossus over the Republican Party, but really over the country as well.
0: That is so well said. This is why you're great. This is why people love that Crowley podcast, which comes out, if I'm correct, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Give everybody the details on the great Monica Crowley podcast.
1: Oh well, thank you, Sid. Now, actually, the show is Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I want to make mention right here on WABC that on I've got a great show coming up today. I'm going to have Kimberly Guilfoyle on, breaking down the latest on the the Trump indictment. I think she's mad case. at me.
0: I think she's mad at me.
1: Uh oh. Between
0: you Uh-oh. and I, well, because because, because, because I because I've gotten close with Laura Trump, and I think there's a little bit of a rivalry there between us. Don't bring this up on the air, but I think that's the case. So between you and I, well, I guess, and the Why millions listening no right idea.
1: now. <laughs> No idea, but I'm happy to smooth that out for you, Sid. (laughs) Um, So so I've got a huge show today. I'm going to break apart a lot of really big issues, and then I just want to say on Thursday this week on the Monica Crowley podcast, I'm going to have your friend and mine, John Casamitini, on my show. Yes, to talk about his new book, How Far Do You Want to Go?, and talk about how all of us can become billionaires. And, of course, I love John, and we're going to talk about politics, too, so I can't wait.
0: Uh, He's great, and, uh, you know, with all the economic background you've got, and there's nobody better, nobody. i bring on a lot of people, Larry Kudlow, Charlie Gasparino, even Ronnie Ansana on the left, and uh, you're at the very, very top. But John is a guy that's done it. Guy's made uh, $4 billion, so uh, For me to sit down with a guy like that, which I do often on this show as well, is always great. Well, congratulations. Two great shows coming up this week. And please keep coming back here because we love you. Monica, thank you so much.
1: Always a pleasure, Sid. Love you,
0: too. All right. Thank you. Monica Crowley, she really is terrific. Check her out. Tuesdays and Thursdays now, the Monica Crowley podcast. Kimberly Gilfoyle coming up today. John Matidis coming up on Thursday.